0: back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New Sky Believe. Can we prove the existence of the human
1: soul? What exactly is the human soul? Whatever it is, should it change the way we look at ourselves and others?
2: Well, hello there, and welcome to the 240th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and the guy asking those simple but thought-provoking questions was my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad.
1: The part of us that goes beyond our bodies was familiar to our remote ancestors, but something of a mystery to us, pinnacles of human genius that we are. Amidst our world of dazzling gadgets, which I think are pretty much distractions from reality, what was obvious to most of our ancestors boggles us completely.
2: So as a result, we have to sit about to prove things to ourselves, and one who is, pretty, who is doing a pretty interesting job of that is tonight's guest. Dr. Mark Pitstick has over 35 years
1: of experience and training in hospitals, mental health centers, pastoral counseling settings, and holistic private practice. His training includes a pre-medical degree, graduate theology, pastoral counseling studies, a master's degree in clinical psychology, and a doctorate in chiropractic health care. He was certified in past life regression therapy by Dr. Brian Weiss, whom I think we know, and the after-death contact te- technique by Dr. Raymond Moody, whom we do not know. Dr. Pitstick also wrote Radiant Wellness, a holistic guide for optimal body, mind, and spirit. His books have been endorsed by Drs. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, Deepak Chopra, who was pretty impressive to me, also doctors Wayne Dyer, Bernie Siegel, Ken Ring, Alan Cohen, and others. A frequent radio and TV talk show guest, Mark hosted Soul Solutions, a nationally syndicated radio show about soul issues and practical spirituality. He also was the executive producer for the Soulproof documentary film. He is the founder of the Radiant Wellness Centers in Ohio, which use advanced holistic healthcare approaches. And I just want to make a note: a trailer for the Soulproof documentary film, uh, which Ben and I have seen, can be viewed on www.soulproof.com or www.youtube.com with search words Soulproof.
2: So, Dr. Mark Pitstick, welcome to Behind the Paranormal.
3: Good evening, gentlemen.
2: Okay, nice to have you with us. Take it away, Ben. Okay, so when you say soul, what do you mean?
3: Well, first of all, I use the uh, term soul, spirit, consciousness, awareness, synonymously. So, for people who have a more religious orientation, the word soul or spirit is fine. People want more of a scientific or secular approach consciousness, awareness, works.
1: Okay, what about essence in the Greek sense, animus, and that sort of thing?
3: And I'm sorry, what was that?
1: And I was uh, referring to to uh, essence in, in the Greek sense of the word, animus, that, that kind of business. I mean, that was another word used for, for soul.
3: Yes, uh, all those words can be used synonymously. Yeah, another is energy. So I say we are infinite beings of spirit and energy. Uh, so it. It uh, turns out over the uh, 35 years as I've been researching all this that many people are barking up the same tree. They're talking about the same thing. Uh, Sometimes semantics get in the way. Um, And so that's why I try to look at the big picture and use these varying words to help us humans understand non-human, superhuman things.
2: All right, so on your DVD... You have a lot of interviews and information that uses paranormal experiences, miracles, reincarnation stories, near-death experiences, and more to prove the existence of the soul. How do you know this information proves anything of the kind?
3: Well, because many of the uh, information, much of the information in these different categories we focused on were documented cases. For example, near-death experiences is the one that most people are aware of. Um, many people know someone who has entered the light, been told it's not their time, came back to tell about it. Uh, But what isn't so well known or so well documented is that tens of thousands of these cases have been documented by professors of universities, by cardiologists, by doctors, and what was documented is that there was a continuation of consciousness while the patient was clinically dead, their eyes are closed, they're in an ICU, they're in an ER, and yet whatever we're calling this, awareness, hovered around for a while, watched the resuscitation, then above the hospital, outside the hospital, and upon successful resuscitation, not having a chance to talk to anyone else and get any outside information, accurately described details of the resuscitative procedure, Items like an old tennis shoe that was sitting on top of a hospital, which no one can get on top except the the maintenance workers, and it was verified. A car wreck that occurred while they were nearly dead. What color cars, who was going in what direction. And, again, tens of thousands of these. Some of them, by the way, occurring in people who were blind, uh, certifiably totally blind, and some people who are blind from birth. No way to explain that out unless there is indeed indeed a non-localized sort of consciousness.
1: Sure. Well, I think what what we're getting at, I, I know we're not disagreeing with you, because you and I have a remarkably similar backgrounds, except for the chiropractic degree. I spent a lot of years in the seminar. I watched student hospitals uh, in the course of pastoral and also uh, psychological you know, training, uh, because I was... Um, uh, Minded in psychology uh, so and also from, from the paranormal standpoint I was studying things and working with a priest uh, and watched about 12 people die and about 8 of them something happened in reference to a near death experience or experiences in the room ex- experienced by the hospital staff and, and myself and so um, it's, it's you're in a way preaching to the choir but you're not I'll get to that in a minute but I think what we're getting at here with Ben's question Mark is um For the skeptics, uh, they're going to be skeptical about anything non-material. Eyewitness accounts, even multiple witness accounts, are never good enough for them. We always say on the show, you know, for the true believer, no proof is required. For the unbeliever, no proof is ever enough. You know, so uh, which is odd because in a court of law, they look the first thing they look for is eyewitnesses. So, so what say you about that? I mean, regardless of of, of the the legitimacy of the proof you're giving, I mean, how, how can you make skeptics believe it, or can you?
3: Well, first of all, if a person is a closed-minded skeptic, you can't. No, But if they're, right. if they're open-minded and they avail themselves of the evidence, they're going to see a vast and varied amount of evidence. So let's look at uh, people also often don't know about the uh, work of Gary Schwartz, University of Arizona, former Yale and Harvard professor. This guy has impeccable scientific credentials, mm. hundreds and hundreds of scientific papers, journals. Er, er, you can't touch this guy scientifically. Okay, so he's done a series of studies, which are discussed in his book, The Afterlife Experiments, where he assembled a number of psychic mediums whom he considered to be authentic. Now, he's the first to recognize, and I agree, that there are non-authentic mediums out there. They're going by cold calling, they're talking really fast, they're reading the client's face, and so on. But these are mediums he thought had verifiable skills. So he set a control study, double blind, control group, five psychic mediums, <clears throat> and then the control group, people who had no psychic abilities whatsoever. Every aspect of the experiments were controlled. He had teams of scientists, magicians, videographers, everyone studied. No one could come up with any flaws in in the study. The um, The subjects and the The readers were in separate rooms. The readers didn't have a chance to know what gender they were, what age they were, anything. These people were brought in from outside, so everything was strictly controlled. The psychics had an 87% success rate, hit rate. The control group, a 23% hit rate, about what you would expect from guessing. The statistical analysis of that, the probability of that happening randomly, is one in one trillion. And as you probably know, with conventional scientific studies, a probability of 1 in 1,000 is considered sufficient. 1 in 1 trillion is off the charts, and he's repeated these studies numerous times. So there are indeed scientific, double-blind, peer-reviewed studies being done showing that certain individuals have an ability to communicate with formless beings, beings in spirit, and communicate detailed information accurately.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Uh, You do something that we try and do, and that's to communicate that there is a reality within us that is only hinted at with what we call paranormal or religion or whatever, and that reality completely changes how we should view the world, others, ourselves, and our destiny. Am I right about what you're trying to get
2: across? Oh, yes. Okay. Alright, so what bothers us, like most people, you can't get beyond spiritualism you don't seem to see the body as anything more important than a temporary container, am, am I wrong?
3: That's correct. This uh, this human body is wonderful, it's a miracle, and that's the other half of what I do. The first half is help us know that we are infinite spiritual or energetic beings, and the second is how to optimally care for this wonderful vehicle that gets us from womb to tomb. But it is only 1% of the totality of our being, and so that's why it's important to focus on the other 99% that usual conventional senses don't comprehend.
1: Okay, now we're at the crux of the problem, and and I, I have to tell you, Ben and I are very, very much outside. Well, we're in the minority on this, so you know, you're, in, you're very much in the majority, so we're the voices crying in the wilderness here. But uh, we're very far outside the mainstream of Western thought on just about everything, especially the paranormal. And I've done 40 years at this, and it, it took a, didn't take that long to start noticing that things didn't add up from the Western perspective. Now, at the risk of being accused of lecturing the guest again... Um,
2: well, don't, don't worry about it. Just, just go on.
1: Okay, yeah. Just, just, and, and just just t- to take a moment, in case you're not familiar with our work, uh, le- let me start with Christian belief, which you... Briefly cite in your DVD, I believe, if unless I'm mistaken, Jesus and His Miracles and the 40 Days After His Resurrection, this sort of thing, uh, was in, in your DVD, which, by the way, is very, very nicely done. Uh, and the interviews are very professionally uh, carried out. It's, 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 a, it's well worth watching. Um, and now, as with most other ancient religions, ancient Christians believed in the salvation of the whole person, not just the soul, which was considered very much an incomplete being without the body. All right? we're hopping on this constantly cuz everybody's so dualistic in the west. Now the modern pop culture idea of the soul going to heaven and that it's that's pretty much a Zoroastrian idea that's not even faithful to that teaching. The whole point of the incarnation and resurrection of Jesus if you look at is the physicality of Okay, I'm sorry, I thought we were off the uh, is the physicality of the whole thing, Mark, and the salvation of the body and soul together as the whole person? That is the, the Christian doctrine, if you believe in Christianity, and it's also a thing that runs through the most ancient ideas, as I found them, and has, has have been told to me by shamans from traditions like the Australian Aborigines. And the, now the Now we run into paranormal beings too, but we believe they're they're very physical, not always in the same way we are. Uh, but to see them all as simply spirits, especially when they're wearing clothes, driving cars, etc., hobbles the entire point and the power of humanity in reality. I, I mean, what say you, Dan? You follow me here? I mean, am I wrong? You know, this. With, why? Why is it so physical? If the body doesn't mean anything or much.
3: Well, you raise a few questions there, and they're very important questions. And here's what comes from the uh, collective evidence. And so that's the nice thing about researching all this evidence, it's not what I think or what, what I read in a book, it's what all the evidence points to. and yeah, it's an
1: interpretation this. of evidence, too. Sure. I'm
3: sorry, uh, go ahead. First, first of all, that it appears that we live not in a universe, but a multiverse. Absolutely. That is, many dimensions going on at the same time. You know, time and space are only relatively real, and they're human conceptions. that don't exist from an absolute, you know, absolute reality. And so one way to describe it, Native American paintings, for example, would capture this, where they would show a brave in profile, and then just above the brave's head, a grizzly bear, and above that, an eagle, and above that, a moon, and then the stars, and then the, the, the universe. And so that captures that, we, uh, that our soul's energy that is in our human body right now in this, in this earth time-space is only a small percentage of who and what we are. Some have described that maybe 15 to 20% of our soul's energy is in this human body. The rest could be in other formed or formless experiences simultaneously. Part of it never leaves home base. In other words, part of it is with God. And take it out a notch further, uh, there's nothing going on except God, a dance of energy. Um God
1: breathing in and out. Okay, we have to wrap for a break right now, but uh, we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio, newskyradio.com, and our guest, Dr. Mark Pittstick, in our discussion of the soul. Stay with us.
3: Join Kimmy Rose on interviews, Thursday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Together as a community, we will embrace the challenges in life and find a way to experience heaven on earth. Spiritual teachers and Kimmy will bring you insight on how to change your life and embrace purpose. Interviews this Thursday night starting at 9. It's all about what's within
4: you.
0: Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com.
1: And we are back with our guest, Mark Pitstick, and we're talking about the soul and proof thereof. And uh, Mark just sort of turned things around on us. We are ready to blow him out of the water on spiritualism, and he turned it right around on us and started talking about our favorite topic, the multiverse in which we work and live, Ben and me. So, Ben, uh, why don't you move on to the next subject?
2: Okay, so um, where does reincarnation fit into your belief system?
3: Well, first of all, I think it's the the best way to understand what souls would do through eternity. When I was 10 years old, I was sitting in our church uh, listening to the minister talk about heaven as a place of the golden streets, playing golden harps, and I remember looking up and to the left through the stained glass windows and saw the sun shining through, and I thought or a thought came into my head, wouldn't that get old after a while?
0: Mm. How long
3: can you play a golden harp? Yeah. E- eternity is endless. So. Uh, It makes sense to me that just as we enjoy reading different books, watching different movies, vacationing different places, over time we as souls would want to experience various times and places. So I almost avoid the word reincarnation because it's so emotionally laden and some people mistakenly think it's associated with the occult, but it's just the idea that we have not one but many, many lives. And uh, there's certainly powerful evidence for it. As you mentioned, I spent a week with uh, Dr. Brian Weiss and have done many, many past-life regressions with individuals and with groups. And um, some of the most amazing research on this is done by Ian Stevenson, M.D. Again, why isn't this on the front page? Because it's just such powerful proof in, in its own. Dr. Stevenson was the uh, chairman of the psychiatry department, University of Virginia Medical School. He did this research for 60 years, which was, <clears throat> excuse me, he and his team went around the country, had a whole team. Anytime a little child would report a previous life uh, and it came to his attention, they would come in and investigate. So, for example, uh, a five year old may say to the parents, well, before I was with you, my name was. Uh, Simca, and I lived in this village, which was hundreds of miles away. And this, the name of my wife was, and we had children, etc. giving details. So this, this child is having a carryover, remembrances of a previous life from a duality uh, viewpoint. Again, from an absolute viewpoint, it's just, it's all one. And so uh, Dr. Stephen's team would come in, they would um, talk to the children talk to the parents, uh, investigate, research from many different angles, go back days later and ask the same questions again, They're kind of like an attorney would a cross-examination. Then they would go to the city where this purported soul lived before and interview the, the family there and get all the details. They would look at the medical records. And I'll get to that in a moment. And finally, they would arrange a visit. This little five-year-old now is going on a train, never been outside his or her home village, gets off the train and sees his ex-wife, his late wife, his children, runs over to them crying, naming them, telling them intimate details that only their father would know, leading them through the streets to where they lived before, showing them where he buried coins in case of tough times, and they dug it up, and there was the money, just as he said. And they have 3,000 cases like this. They're intimately detailed. Wow. What's even more impressive is the existence of birth defects and birth marks in this lifetime that correlate with death wounds from the past life. And this is all pictured His uh, reincarnation in biology. was Dr. Stevens's latest work. He passed on a couple years ago. And he has, it's about an eight-pound, two-volume, thousands of pages showing all these pictures of the past life and this life. And, for example, uh, a man would get shot in the chest in the past life, has the entrance wound, which is small, the exit wound, which is larger, and the little child who has come back with the same spirit has corresponding birthmarks. Fantastic and inarguable information about we do live more
1: than one life. Well, again, you know, the physical manifestations of uh, this this reality. Do you believe... I, I, this? Is, Ben's got the next question here, but I don't, it might not be valid if you don't believe the way we think you do. The reincarnation uh, phenomenon, do you believe it's one physical life after another or parallel lives in the multiverse or both? Or not that's,
3: the, that's the thing, you see. We, are, are we talking from human terms so that we can understand or are we you know, we're going to hang out with quantum physicists? Yeah. So I, I would say from an absolute perspective, it's all going on at once. None of it's really going on. God is dreaming, or we are souls are imagining. And from a But from a human physical perspective, there are past lives. I was a Viking. I was a pioneer. I was a little girl. Uh, it, it's all true from, depending on your perspective, let's say. And, and also we have to keep in mind that some of our listeners, some of the people we're teaching, have a, a grade school uh, understanding others have a phd understanding so we have to speak to our audience
1: yeah well, very well put well put now i don't know i guess that question was uh, about ben was going to ask uh you know why are there so many old ghosts of reincarnation is true it's a classic question that we ask classic uh, believers in this but you, you're, you seem to be more on our side of the page there on this uh, this issue yes. but um One thing that kind of bothers me, Mark, is uh, the warm, fuzzy picture of eternal and indestructible life that is often presented, or almost always presented, in our field here. Uh, What if you're a mass murderer or a child molester? Do you still get the happy ending? What's going on here?
5: Mm
3: -hmm. Great question. First of all, these are the uh, souls for whom the idea of uh, hell uh, was brought up. Because for a person, say Mother Teresa... When she passes on, it would be a seamless continuation, like walking from one door to the other. She knows where she's going. She's well acquainted. She had a spiritual foundation. So they probably said, hey, Terry, you're back. Uh, Hey, we can put you to work here. Maybe take a little break first and heal up. For someone like Adolf Hitler, though, for example, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, this is a person who couldn't face his life review. You're familiar with the life review. People report in the near-death experience, where you uh, review your life as if you're watching on TV. And you not only watch it, but you feel what you did. By the way, that was the original Aramaic language of heaven and hell, or one of the meanings, and that is how you feel when you die, and you look back upon your life, and you feel the repercussions, the ripples of what you put out. And for someone like Hitler, it would be unbearable. It It would... combust everything he was even his energy so there's a person who would sleep for eons but keep in mind spiritual time and earth time are very different then when he was done resting enough and could even start to glimpse his life review he would that's when the hell starts and that again could go on for millennia and millennia and it would seem like a horrible fiery eternal hell for him however energy as you know is indestructible and so that of him, which was God, that part of his soul will survive it. And that's why I think biblical uh, parables like separating the wheat from the chaff and burning away the the weeds and so on. So what will be left finally will be nothing much that was Hitler except that, that life force, that energy, uh, because spirit understands that uh, Hitler was abused as a child and he didn't act Alone, and so all of the fault wasn't his. Uh, so his essence will survive, but it'll take quite a while and quite a bit of rehab. So justice is done, but life is eternal. What we have found is that no matter how um, grievous a soul, if they truly repent and they ask for help, it's given.
1: Hmm. Interestingly put. When I was well, it was back in the early '90s. I was called into—I'm uh, not going to call it a case because it was kind of di- dignified beyond the term of a case. I suppose it was a little child who was dying of, ke- of leukemia, and his name was Peter. And he—he, he, among other things, uh, child of great was well. I, I don't know if you—you you, sure? I, I'm sure you're aware that you know you probably worked with children, perhaps who were terminally ill. They become other-centered. We think of children as little ego machines, but—but. But, I've seen so many times they become completely other centered. They become angels, gods, I don't know what you But this child gave me the term well he said high men and low men. I I say high people and low people. And this enters into um another realm, but have you ever do you have a concept in in your uh work of people who are different from each other? Higher souls? people who are lower souls, and it sounds as though you might from the way you've described this. Um, What what do you say on that
3: subject? Some of the best information on this comes from Michael Newton, Ph.D., in his book, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. I've read that. Dr. Dr. Newton is the pioneer of spiritual regressions. Excuse me, I've done some of his work. It's a very, very deep hypnotic experience, about four hours, where people uh, experience not only past lives, but the time in between lies where they're back home with the capital H, spirit world, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he has mapped out uh, in great detail various colors, various sound frequencies and so on that associate with, uh, he considers them to be less mature and more mature souls or older or younger. So yes, I've been around a lot of children as they've died and also have worked with a lot of parents and families of children who have died. And we usually find that those souls incarnate not because they have karmic problems to burn off, but they, became, they came here to teach and to learn. Uh, one little girl, Lauren, uh, her dad was in the, uh, the documentary Soul Proof. Uh, the parents would come to Lauren's room and couldn't find her, and she would be down the hall in the cancer ward cheering up, Older patients, and tell them it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Here's a seven-year-old girl, you know, talking to sixty and seventy-year-old patients. So there is an old soul. There's a soul who only had to come here for a little while, or who, who chose to come here for a little while to brighten the world, to teach us, to remind us. Oh, okay.
1: I'm sorry. We have, to, we have to wrap for a break. I didn't see it. We'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino on CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. Stay with us.
0: Enlighten Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. Thank you. is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com Believe. is now CBS radio's the sky back to behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno call now 248545 soul new skyradio.com
1: we are back with our very interesting guest dr. mark Pitstick, the author of soul proof and we're discussing that very thing the human soul and nature of various things having to do with the soul and we've just talked about reincarnation and uh, I'm sorry, Mike, we had to interrupt you for the break. And uh, if you still have your thought together on that, if you want to continue, please do.
3: Sure. Well, the, um, the death of these children is part of a, a gift, of their soul's gift, to help us on Earth realize that even the death of the child has a sense, has a rhyme and a rhythm to it. Well, let's face it, it's, it's tough on Earth right now. And it seems like there's so much going on. Of course, it always has been. This is a, this is a classroom, a school. And if it, if, it were, if it weren't tough lessons, souls wouldn't come here to learn and grow. Um, but the point is, when we see uh, little ones like Lauren counseling older people and reassuring them, you know, we, we get to see that there's a bigger picture and there's more to life than meets the eye. And, and we realize there always is hope, no matter what's going on, even the death of a child.
1: Okay. Let me ask you this then. Uh, there has been some concern about the validity of hypnosis. What say you? In terms of regressing people and, and things of, of that sort?
3: Well, you know, it probably depends on who does it. I know with my uh, my clients, we've had tremendous results, and by results, I mean uh, improvement, curative benefits. Uh, one woman had chronic chest pain. I'm, one of the things I do, I'm a chiropractor, and nothing helped us. She was sent to me by a medical doctor, and chronic, severe chest pain and back pain for 20 years and during the regression we experienced that she was stabbed through the chest she was molested by her lord and fuel times and finally she turned on him and she was stabbed through with a a sword and when she experienced that and cried and got it out and realized that was 600 years ago earth time she didn't have to carry it around her uh, pain went away amazingly miraculously suddenly
1: heard that it's, on occasions yeah.
3: so there's lots of evidence as we mentioned from from reincarnation uh, documented cases where people know things during a hypnotic experience they uh, recall details for example in a country in a continent they've never been in before and again a team of researchers will go and go through all the records and this person has intimate details that no one else could ever know couldn't get in the records. So the the evidence is there, and that's why I encourage people to avail themselves and, and make an
2: informed decision. Okay, Ben, did you have a question? Uh, no, I'm currently thinking so. Oh, wait. One thing that – like, I, I, I enjoyed your DVD very much. I'll just say that now. But one thing that bothered me most when you were – like going through the different religions and stuff that said something. You put conf- a quote from Confucius in. Now that that bothered me because Confucianism is not a religion. I'm just saying that now. Like, I'm I, that just bothered me a lot. I don't know why you had that in there because it's more of a way of life. It's like Buddhism. It's not really a question. It's just more of a comment that I had.
3: Sure. Well, there's a there's a uh, fine line between. Spiritual Spirituality, religion, wisdom sources, and as you say, a, a way of life. But uh, thanks for that distinction.
1: Yeah, well, I consider religion to be a way of life, or it should be. Or perhaps spirituality, but again, we get bogged down in semantics, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, on the issue of reincarnation, again, I, I, I hate to dwell so much on the subject, but it's important. Do you do regressions yourself?
3: Have I been through regressions personally?
1: Oh, no, no. In that sense, do you conduct them? Do you?
3: Do, do, uh, I have in the past right now. I've I've moved on to other things, but I've done many in over the years, yes.
1: Okay. Well, the reason I ask is, be, and I ask this to all regression therapists or, or people who have witnessed regressions, do you ever have subjects uh, describe a world that you don't recognize or give dates that don't make any sense?
3: Oh, sure. Yeah, people can access formless dimensions. Sometimes they'll uh, look like a Teletubby. Sometimes they'll look like nothing at all. They'll they'll just be swirls of light and energy. And we prepare them for that.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. Well, that, that's exactly my point because there seem to be a lot of people who seem to be um, have told me anyway. And I don't do regressions. I've never had it done. I just have interviewed many who have, and they'll say there are very often worlds they don't recognize. People give dates of years that combinations of numbers and letters they don't recognize, or in the distant future at some point, do you uh, and and many regression therapists have told me that they do uh, recognize the simultaneous lives and lives in the future, have you encountered people who are describing future lives
5: yes
3: Yes, I have, you know, think of the possibilities, over 100 billion um, planets like our Earth, in the Milky Way, our galaxy, and over 100,000 galaxies <clears throat> Excuse me, like the Milky Way in our universe, and that's just the known physical universe. So uh, it's a vast, vast uh, creation out there.
1: Absolutely, it's, it's beyond it's our, our ability to comprehend. Really, okay. Now, uh, what about um, a? Well, I, I'm not even going to ask that. I use the word alien yet? I'm just going to tell you what we work with. Um, have encountered a number of different species out there in the the multiverse. If I don't know if you looked at. Anything I've ever written But I I compare the um, multiverse With a uh, At the risk of being overly simplistic a Sort of an apartment building And um, we have um, A number of apartments in there And what's happening Is that they are uh, isolated Uh, Many species are And don't know that there are other apartments That's the the metaphor that I use Mm -hmm. And others are very aware That there are other apartments And other species, other people, animals, whatever And uh, I guess my point here is that um, have you encountered non-human or spoken with anyone who has encountered non-human entities benign ones or negative ones as we have uh, on any great level
3: no that didn't that wasn't part of the uh, research we cover so many bases but um, in, in the work and I know in my own group of personal friends and family almost everybody I know has had some sort of um, visualization of a UFO has seen them so uh, the circles I run with it's just foregone knowledge that they're out there and waiting for our government to admit it
1: yeah okay well I don't necessarily mean any... well space aliens all fit in there but I'm talking about you know worlds that are right next to us all the time and that sort of thing and in uh, many lives, we, we live in these worlds well, that's already. That's scarier it's, uh, than something uh,
2: coming from outer space when it's like right there next to you the entire yeah, time. Yeah, I think
1: people can deal with other planets, but uh, parallel worlds right next to you, I think that's that's mm-hmm. that's a problem for some people.
2: Okay, well, very good.
1: Uh, I'm sorry?
3: We, we do see a strong parallel with that and the idea of spirit world or heaven. In other words, you know, when we were kids, we thought heaven was way out in, in the sky somewhere trillions of miles away and hell was in the middle of the earth. Mm-hmm. And now, more and more evidence points to that both these lower energy and higher energy spheres are in the same space that we're in now. They're they're right here. Yeah, it's yeah. just that most people um, can't perceive them, although a growing number of people can.
2: That that that's very true. Well, that's what uh, certain uh, Christian sects say that well, kingdom of heaven's already all around us. So
1: not too many there's there's still uh we find a very as I say dualistic attitude almost a cartoonish idea of heaven and hell now if we're in the middle of a series of shows on what is heaven and certainly do the historical perspective and that yeah, steamboat Willie driving down river sticks and... <laughs> that sort of thing I suppose anything is possible okay very good well uh what do you we're almost uh coming up to our last fifteen minutes here which we use for other things but what do what are you working on right now and, and also tell us as well as that uh, what um, Where people can get your DVD and, uh, this oh, we got to wrap for a break. I'm sorry. Um, not paying attention to the poor producer here, but we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us.
0: Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. Mm -hmm. New Horizons, no boundaries. All day long. We're devoted to your emotional, physical and spiritual well-being. With your direct connect to the stars, Lisa J. Smith, The Dr. Pat Show, Liz Souza, Barbara Mackey, Glynis McCants, The Wake Up Call with L. Newman and Tom Force. Let us know how we're doing. 248-545-7685. Logo. New Sky Radio. .com, 24 hours a day. Your spiritual well-being is our concern. Awaken the extraordinary. Live the life you've imagined. Look up to the sky. CBS Radio's The New Sky. Newskyradio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries.
6: Are open wide. By the way, I made it through the day. I watched the world outside. By
5: the way, I'm leaving out today. I just saw him.
0: Radio is now cbs radio's the sky back to behind the paranormal with paul and ben eno call now 248 545 soul new skyradio.com. believe
1: now well, welcome back and we have our guest dr mark pitstick and we're almost out of time here but we do want to give him a chance to tell us where you can get his book and dvd soul proof and anything else he's working on so go ahead dr mark
3: well, first of all, the uh, the books and the documentary film can be uh, purchased off our website, soulproof.com, also available on Amazon.com and Barnes and & Noble. And what I'm working on right now is a, a project called Soulproof Questions and Answers. Um, every day, like you, I'm sure, I get phone calls, emails from people all over the world, and they're basically asking the same questions. And so I decided... To uh, put together a book then that has answers to all these, I call it uh, evidence based answers to commonly asked questions about spirituality. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I spent some time with a, a fellow who's only 59 who was dying in a, in a hospice unit. And I walked in, he and his wife were just beside themselves. It was their first day there. Three months before, he was totally normal, severe onset of acute leukemia. And three months later, he's in a hospital, you know, he's an architect, and uh, just just in total shock. They asked questions, they expressed their anger, we laughed, we cried, and at the end when I left, they said, we feel like an angel has come in and answered our toughest questions, reassured us, comforted us, and it was one of the highlights of my life to uh, to be able to do that. So uh, that's what I'm working on. and. I'd be glad to answer any questions that you fellows have or any you've heard about or wondered about yourselves.
1: Outstanding. Okay, well, Ben, do you have any further questions? Uh, Because I'm sure we're going to do this again. Well, Well, thank you
2: very much for being on our show. It was a very wonderful conversation. You surprised us in many ways. So that's a good thing. Yes, indeed.
1: Okay, very good. Well, thank you, Dr. Mark. Dr. Mark, my pleasure. Thank you. Soulproof.com. Okay, I think we have time for perhaps one email here. It's a little bit long, and this is from Jim uh, in – oh, we can use his full name. See, you're not gonna, I'm not going to get in trouble with you. Yes. All right.
2: Jim Charlton in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Okie dokie. So um, Jim writes to us, We lived in a house up until recently that was at one time owned by an, an old railroader from the steam era. Oh, it sounds like your kind of place. So, <laughs> I love trains. so uh, when we bought the house, uh, sh- a few short weeks into living there, we smelt the strong s- smell of pipe tobacco throughout the house. Uh, again, sounds like your kind of place too. Mm-hmm. It seemed to come only when when things were down to the house to our things were done to the house to uh, restore it back to its original 1915 standing. Uh, also, uh, to to when a room was restored and used to smell, uh, it used to smell stronger. I did some research on the home and its owner, and at its owner, and found.
1: Uh, well, 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 let me. Let me sorry, I, keep, the,
2: I keep losing my place, like every couple of
1: seconds. Yeah, it's it's very closely written, kind of small uh. type. Uh, we often hear this aromas and uh, various odors, very you know, very pleasant ones, coming through in a house where there is, uh, people believe there is paranormal activity. Now, of course, our point of view is that this is, you, uh, there are many areas where the electromagnetism even in the ground, which is why we had, uh, we have to find, I guess, a new uh, soil engineer, a new hydrologist. Uh, well, he, he goes on to say away.
2: that he woke up at about 4.15 in the morning and he smelled strong smell of pipe tobacco and he felt a, ger- a gentle rustling and he went downstairs to the dining room and looking at the big bay window, he overlooked that overlooked the tracks on uh, in the field behind them to his sheer in utter shock. There, in front of him, was a small steam engine, a 060 type, uh, sitting on the tracks, chuffing, whatever that is.
1: All right, well, 060 means how many wheels it has. Oh, well, there you Zero go. Means that, you know, there's a front uh, set of wheels which didn't have any. So this sounds like a yard switcher, <laughs> It's not a show on railroading. But anyway, it was an old steam engine which shouldn't have been there. So
5: yeah.
1: anyway, what's happening here, I think what he's describing without knowing anything more about it, and people never tell you everything, there's always more to it, is that he's having a, a classic textbook parallel world experience. Oh, and some guy getting on the train. Yeah, he sees the fellow getting on the train. We often hear, as I say, of aromas or, or smoke or pipe smoke in the house. And this, this it is possible that if you live in a damp area and you have a shag carpet or any sort of carpet that can absorb smells, when it gets very damp, the smell can... Manifest and it's entirely uh, natural and, and non paranormal in
2: that sense, but again with something like this occurring, witnessing a what a oh and to be. Uh, when the train was going away, uh, the smell of pipe tobacco was getting less and less, and then it's simply vanished altogether. Yeah, in in a sort of mist or something. What? what? Well, no, like it, the smell of it. Oh, the smell vanished. Okay, All right. Well, there, there's
1: more to this too, uh, but there. I just think it's a very. It's a an amazing parallel world experience. Uh, they
2: never saw anything like that ever again.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we have what we call pass-throughs. The, the world membranes or boundaries, as we uh, call them and have experienced them ourselves, seem to intersect at a certain point, cross through one another, and the worlds uh, combine, and we experience each other, so to speak. And uh, there is, um, well, we'll be talking more tomorrow, I guess, about, uh, and in our next show, about the brotherhood that can exist among various species in the multiverse. It's something people aren't quite used to thinking about, but that's essentially it. So, well, I think we'll we'll deal with the rest in a future show of uh, Jim's... Well, I basically summarized the Yeah, pretty much so, but I think he thought he said he vanished in some kind of mist. Well, anyway... Well,
2: yeah, well, it wasn't the mist, it was the smell of the pipe tobacco when it vanished. Well, anyway, a classic uh, example of, (coughs) excuse me, parallel world experiences, in my
1: opinion. Right. So, anyway, we don't have any more time and we have to close it out here, so we want to thank our producer, Will Kosnick, We'll see you next Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday, next Sunday, May 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, right here on CBS News Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Ben and I will try once again to welcome New York Times bestselling author Steve Alton for a talk about 2012. End of days? Question mark. Let us. Hope i say that. try again because we. we uh, I'm the eternal optimist, but Steve, some, something bizarre has come up every time he's been on the show. It's not his fault.
2: Fourth so, times uh, the charm. Fourth times the charm. Okay, so in the meantime, tune into our New England Drive Time show on WOON twelve forty a.m. and ON at six p.m. every Monday. Oh, uh, and remember, you can always get free podcasts of all our shows, along with show schedules and guest information, at www NewSkyRadio.com, oh yeah, no, www.behindtheparanormal.com. Uh, every five seconds.
1: Okay, n- more coffee, more coffee.
2: Ugh. All right,
1: and tomorrow night, Ben and I will be the guests on Coast to Coast AM. We're back on Coast to Coast with George Noory, and uh, if you're a devotee of that late night show, we invite you to join us. Even if you're in the Eastern Time Zone, which we are, we'll have a long night, but we'll have a great, uh, great time with George. And we're going to be making a few revelations about our multiverse experiences and what we think they mean
2: for the period 2012 to 2016. And so don't...
1: the sort of thing we usually talk about.
2: Yes, so don't miss it because this is the only time you're going to hear it. Well, we might know,
1: but yeah, we use
2: our own show from now, time to time. Well, Yeah, but whatever. Drop a few bombs. Anyway,
1: in the meantime, we leave you with a jolly quote from that darling old schizophrenic Vincent Van Gogh. I put my heart and my soul into my work and have lost
2: my mind in the process. And thank you for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We'll see you next time.